What's up, Classmates? Welcome to yet another episode of the Culture Class Podcast. I'm your host for today, Tongwa. Today, we're going to be talking about some very important topics, mental health and how to live with mental health and live your best life. And the best person to have that conversation with for today is Dawn Shireen Bernard. She is the fierce-less host of Dancing with Bipolar podcast. Her website is also Dancing with Bipolar. And um, she's here to tell us all the things. Hi, Dawn. How are you? I'm well. How are you doing? I am absolutely fantastic. And I'm so elated to have you on the podcast today. Give a little bit of introduction, right? So like, who are you? What do you do? How did you come into the work that you do? Okay, well, I'm Dawn Shireen. I grew up in Connecticut and I was diagnosed with bipolar at the age of 40 after a, um, I hate to say successful suicide attempt, but a suicide attempt in which I um, died and came back from. So I've been diagnosed now for 17 years and it's been a journey. I moved from Connecticut to Arizona. Um, right after I was diagnosed to like start fresh, get a new life. I did that. I got sober, which really helped with bipolar. So anybody out there with bipolar disorder, if you are using any kind of mind altering drugs, in mind that it is going to affect your mental health status and not for the best. And we're not going to talk about the marijuana thing because that's still kind of up in the air with me. Like, I don't really consider it like uh, a major, you know what I mean? It's like it's yeah. a legal drug now in almost age. So in my opinion, and how bipolar is just a situation that I'm in right now. Can't even, I can't use, I can't use it. It's, um, it's yeah. a no-go for me, but like hard streets or anything like that. Don't, you know, don't mix your meds, stay on your meds if you have them, do everything you're supposed to do that your doctor says to you and try to stay compliant to the best of your ability. But now I'm in Arizona and um, I actually just entered into a discipleship program. Oh, nice. Um, What's that? For a year program. Yeah. Well, it's like, I'm learning, it's called the New Life Foundation because I was, the bipolar like really gets you sometimes, like, you know, when things become unreal and um, anybody who has bipolar knows that like under stress, you can hallucinate become delusional um things become not real that you know you are convinced are real but are very likely not real maybe based right. in some reality but blowout is not real right. and i had one of those um in september wound up in the hospital for a while and then requested not to return to where i was living because it was a trigger for me mm-hmm. so i wound up in flagstaff arizona in a um basically a safe house domestic violence type situation house okay. they offer a new life foundation program which is basically a year discipleship where you become you know learned in bible and god and and um, do community work and service work and give back to the community while you're growing in the word. So it's pretty exciting for somebody at my age to be like, new life? What are you talking about? Like, yeah, I have a new life ahead of me, but um, I'm really enjoying it. And it's like, in all actuality, I'm probably more stable in my bipolar now than I have ever been the diagnosis because I'm in a safe place. I mean, I'm not going to push religion at all because we all have our own duality and our own ways of, um, you know, getting the bigger picture. Um, a mindfulness grounding technique. I'm not going to push it, but that's where I'm at right now. And part of the show now, I mean, it definitely, definitely encompasses it because that's what my life is now, you know, and my podcast is about my life. Now that I'm in this, going to feed into the show. And I've actually found really interesting ways to correlate what I'm just living a good life, you know, and like not letting down and standing your ground and, you know, just being who you are. And that doesn't really have to mean um, a religion or anything, but just standing strong in who you are, knowing that your value is 
very worthy. Wow, you know? that's, I mean, oh my God, that's just the introduction and I'm already like awestruck, right? Um, that's a lot, that's a lot to unpack. So we're going to start from the very beginning, right? Okay. What is bipolar disorder for those who, you know, a lot of us probably have some familiarity with it, but I'm sure there are some misconceptions about what it actually is. So just, you know, for purposes of a descriptor or a definition, if you will, um, what is bipolar disorder and how does it affect the everyday um, or, you know, okay, bipolar disorder is basically a mood disorder where you can't regulate your moods. So you're either, you're either like super, you know, super high in a mania where you can like do dangerous things like, you know, spend too much money or um, like sexual deviations or um, stay awake too long, uh, drive fast, just dangerous situations because you're a mania. And then on the low end of it is, I mean, and it's not like, you know, oh, I'm so sad. Like, you know, this, you know, my team didn't win. I mean, it's like, it's like death question where you just cannot get out of bed, eat. Um, You just don't, can't function in everyday life anymore. And those are the extremes. It goes to like so, so high that you don't give up and then so, so Mm -hmm. low that you just don't want to live anymore. And so with medication and therapy and, um, you know, healthy diet, sleep can maintain your bipolar. Now, the thing with bipolar is that it is not actually curable. Like there's Mm -hmm. no, you know, medication that's going to fix it for you. So it's a lifelong diagnosis. And that's where a lot of people get like that because they're like, oh my gosh, I have a fatal, you know, a fatal thing. Yeah. And it can be fatal to commit suicide. Okay, let's be honest with it. Yeah. It can be fatal, but it doesn't need to go that way if you recognize it. Help anybody who's listening to this. Do not, do not, do not be ashamed to help. It is actually a sign of when you're recognizing yourself. There's something going on that you cannot get a hold of yeah. that might actually take you down irreparable road that there's no returning. So I just, I want to, I just want to tell you. I mean, just, there's no shame in asking for help. To me, that's the bravest thing you can do is recognize that you're falling down and you need someone to lift you back up. Absolutely. So that's basically by um, you know, and like, and things can trigger it, you know, like, like grief, sudden grief absolutely trigger um, a bipolar. And then there's actually, and this is like interesting because I wrote, I wrote a book, but it's not published right now, but that's something else. It's, it's going to be called Flourishing with Bipolar. And it's basically like a guidebook as to how to live your best life with bipolar. Mm-hmm. And um, there's two kinds. There's bipolar one and bipolar two. And bipolar one is far more on the manic side. They don't okay. actually go into the depressive side. Bipolar two is way more on the depressive side, but that of mania. Everybody thinks it's just mm-hmm. one like catch-all, actually two, and then there's rap cycling, and there's just, there's a bunch of different categories to it, but most everybody knows about, like, the, it's, you know, manic-depressive. That's where it came from, and now it became wow. bipolar. So back in the day, it was man, you know, manic-depressive disorder, so, so that's for, it in a nutshell. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot. Okay, so for, for you know, those of us listening who are going, okay, this, is, this <laughs> makes sense, right? We have maybe come across someone, you know, who is dealing with this, or, and, you know, hopefully through thriving and flourishing with this um, or we know someone that this could potentially be you know something that they should get checked out so if you're right. not on either of these extremes right you know if you're not on the manic right. side or the kind of the really low lows there's that in between where it can feel like oh it's just a normal you know reaction right. to things but how do you start to determine right like you know if this is something that I should maybe go see a therapist about or see a doctor about are there some if common traits? Like, yeah if you yeah there are some actually if you have like a sudden um, change in like say appetite, sleep, um, wanting to do your normal activities that you usually find really enjoyable and you're just not wanting to do them. Mm-hmm. Um, just um, but, but like appetite and sleep are two like key ones. If you start noticing um, that you're either eating way too much and not wanting to get out or that you're just like have no appetite whatsoever, mm-hmm. that's mania and then depression. But like sleeping too much and then again, the sudden onset of just not wanting to do anything that you normally found enjoyable. Okay. Um, those are three key signs. Um, irritability is a sign of depression. You know, and um, and just like 
anxiety, and everybody knows what normal anxiety is, mm-hmm. but anxiety that's like off pain, where you're having like panic attacks and stuff like that. Yeah. Definitely, you know, you know, just there's all kinds of like helplines and crisis lines. And I'm not saying call the suicide hotline for stuff like that. Don't do that because that's not what that's there for. But you know, most everybody has a primary doctor now. You can just call them and say, hey, all of a sudden I'm just really not feeling it. You know, I'm spent, I'm all of a sudden I'm on the computer too much gambling. All yeah. of a sudden I'm just having these urges to do things that are with, not within my normal boundaries. Can I come right. in and talk to them? Maybe you can give me a referral to just, you know, talk to a therapist right, and just right. see the situational thing. Like if you have like sudden grief, if somebody just died or like just say you find out you're going to have a baby and you're like elated, that's mm-hmm. normal. That's like within the spectrum. But right. like if it continues, like say for, you know, a week solid and you're just you're not full out of it, call your primary right. doctor, just get a referral and just go get it checked out. It can't hurt at all, yeah, you know. Absolutely. absolutely. Just knowing of what it, if it is or it isn't, kind of take it down a little bit anyway because then you'd be like, oh, okay, right. fix it. We can. I think it's so it. undermined the importance of just asking the question because, you know, even for me personally, like sometimes, you know, you you have, you're going through, and this is not, you know, even due specifically with bipolar um, disorder per se, but just with anything in life, sometimes you have a rack and you don't think about that rack, right? It's like, you know, it's there. It's maybe, I thought it was going to fade away in like two days, but then it didn't. And then you don't think to follow up. You just think, oh, it's just something. And it's easy to brush up, brush away some of these, you know, signals that if caught early could actually potentially really save you a lot of trouble in general. Right. Time, trouble, um, hospitalizations. Because, you know, I mean, ultimately when bipolar goes too far, you're going to yeah. wind up hospitalized. I mean, there's no two ways about it. You're either going to try to hurt yourself or you're going to like run your car into a, you know, because you're just like, you're just go, 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 going. And then on the off side of it, you know, you could get an STD if you're being unsafe. You, know, you get into a bar fight with somebody because you're so manic and haven't had so much sleep. You don't even know what's going on. And those are things that get exacerbated. And it's just like, you can just nip it in the bud before you have to get to yep. that kind of extreme on one side or the other. Then, I mean, get the help. I mean, there's Definitely also, I mean, I can, a lifesaver. Yeah, it's absolutely. You know, either way, I mean, one way or the other, I mean, you could, the low side or the high side, they both scream, you know, bad choices. You know what I mean? It's like, no, bad choices. So yeah, always, yeah. always ask. So um, let's move a little bit to you, right? Um, This is something that you have lived with since the age 40. Maybe potentially well, I, got diagnosed, I got diagnosed at 40, but I've had it probably since I was about 12. Exactly. I was just going to say potentially longer because the diagnosis came at that age. Um, yeah. But what's your story as in, you know, coming to that point where, you know, someone had to say, hold up, something is wrong here. Well, I always knew, like, even as a kid that I was different. Okay. And I mean, I have a high IQ. So, I mean, I was just thought that kind of was, was like the deciding factor that set me apart from other kids. Mm-hmm. But the thing was like mental health runs, mental, mental health issues run in my family. So there's been suicides on both sides of my family and then depression. We, th- we tend to go towards the major depression, although I have had my mania, um, crazy. But um, so at a young age, like I felt like there was something broken in my brain, right? Mm-hmm. Like something just like I was missing a gear or something. Mm-hmm. So it would go so far, but then it wasn't quite clicking right. Um, and I went through like all the normal teenage stuff with yeah. drugs and alcohol. That must have been tough too. Going like normal teenage stuff without you know without any of the external potential things that you're dealing with is already hard enough in itself. And then right. you add something like this, and you're not even sure what it is. I, I can't even imagine how well that must have been. Right. Well, back in the day, I mean, because I, I grew up in the '80s. Okay, so it wasn't as prevalent now for like stars, because now we have like all kinds of stars that have come out and have made it so much less stigmatized. I love that, you know, that they're openly talking about their depression or their anxiety or their, you know, their um, just whatever it is they're going on, their eating disorders, yeah. you know, they're, you know what I mean? All that stuff and they're being open about it. So it means that other people are more than willing to talk about it. Absolutely. Back in the 80s, still seriously taboo. Talk about mental health issues. I mean, it was still, 
kind of like, eh. so I mean, I never, it wasn't until I was like in my 20s when I, I was in the military that I actually started getting, oh my gosh, maybe I have some, I thought I was going pregnant because it got to that point. And I was like, maybe I really am losing my mind, you know, but I was drinking. I was a full blown alcoholic. And that's what I'm saying. Like a mental health issue and a substance abuse issue go hand in, it go hand yeah. in hand because you're trying to medicate and make better, not realizing that what you're doing is just like it's a double edged sword and you're just yeah. in it worse. Yeah. So, I mean, it took me to 40 on that suicide attempt to actually get into the hospital and for them to be polar disorder. And the thing is that I had actually taken a study. I, I thought, um, this is how it worked out. I thought, I knew I was depressed. I took a study at Yale University. They came up and told me that I had um, borderline personality disorder. Okay. Again, goes hand in hand with the bipolar. They're super similar, lots mm-hmm. of the same tendencies. I was like, oh my gosh, borderline. I looked it up and I was like devastated. I was absolutely devastated. But I'm like, all right, I have a diagnosis. There really is something up in my head. Okay, Let's so you get can some at help. least go forward with like, try to figure out what to do next. Exactly. Because I mean, there are, there's coping techniques for everything, right? And with borderline, you know, it's all, for me, it was like all black or all white. Nothing, there was no middle ground for me, right? Bipolar, high, low, right? Mm-hmm. And so I went with that. And then I started being a therapist. I stopped seeing the therapist and I have this successful suicide attempt, right? And I go back into the system. And this time I really work it. And I went and I got DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy, retrained my brain, think in a different way. So it wasn't like I was always putting myself down. It wasn't like all the childhood stuff that had been pushed into my head. I learned how to read everything that came into me. And it, it literally saved my life. I mean, it Ooh. literally, literally saved my life. So and, what's that um, process like, that rethinking process? Is it like, it's, okay, when a thought comes to your head, you counter it? What's that? Like, how does that work? Yeah, well, first of all, you learn to not automatically react to something. So mm. something comes in and you give it a couple minutes, or not minutes, that's like a couple seconds. And you think before you're like, ah, right? So, because most people's first reaction, like say they get criticism or something that they don't want to hear. And their first reaction is to blurt out something. They may not be a bad. So I learned to do that. I learned to rethink about myself and how people are saying things to me so I can put myself in the third person mm. instead of being personalized, put myself over there and be like, okay, that's what they said, but they didn't really mean it against me. When that's a huge one. Reframing what? it is huge. Um, and um, there's a lot of other techniques. I mean, it was a two-year process of the and every week, like serious, serious therapy. And I learned to, I had to go through forgiveness, a lot of childhood stuff that happened, which exacerbated the mental health issues because, you know, things happen that, you know, set a foundation for your life that your building blocks are broken, right? right. So it's like you're Ooh, building on this topsy-turvy yeah. foundation and it's like, wow, my life is tilting over. And it's like, well, because my first foundational step or I did learn how to go back, pair that. And, um, but DB, I mean, DBT is a process. I'm not going to lie. And it, some of it is hard and it's, it's really, really hard. I mean, it's like, I don't know if you've ever been to any kind of therapy. Most people have at some point in their lives had to go do some kind of therapy. Yeah. I think it's like now a, that a lot of people are, are getting to the point where like, oh, get a therapist, right? Even just, you don't have to be struggling with anything particular to get a therapist. Just even for regular, normal human process of different things that happen in your life, right? I haven't gone to therapist yet. Which I need to probably look into that. But <laughs> no, frankly, um, I have a lot of friends. My little sister does therapy. And it, you know, it, it's one of those things that it's becoming more, like you said earlier, uh, uh, acceptable to be able to do those things and be bold right. about that those things are part of your lifestyle. Well, it's like a, it's like a preemptive a, a preemptive strike kind of because I mean let's just be honest COVID has taken yeah. our society in a way that we we never saw coming right Absolutely. and so people are out of jobs out of school socially things are getting a little bit better but still socially things are not what we as human beings are used to at all mm-hmm. and I mean so like say this graduating class from last year I mean they went through a whole school year of school online not having interaction with their friends not being able to go out and do anything that normal kids do and and then bam they're in college now and it's like whoa what happened and it's like I mean so I can see like 
like a whole whole genre of like COVID, post-COVID therapy for yeah. everybody who's been socially distanced and doesn't know how to interact with people on a face-to-face basis anymore. Like I can see that, you know, and I'm not going to start that, but I can, you know, you know, that could be, you know, a different form of therapy. But I mean, I don't know many people who've had a um, quote-unquote normal childhood who don't have some kind yeah. of thing that, you know, in their adult life, they stumble over. Yeah. I mean, I had a bunch and we don't need to get into it. Everybody can listen to the podcast and <laughs> go back to like the first year and I give the foundation of my childhood and like what happened and, and how it formed what happened to me, you know, yeah. but like, I mean, I've had, and over the past two years, I'm like, my, my, my fiance committed suicide um, two years ago in 2020 on September 11th. And that set like this whole progression of me coming to Flagstaff in order because he died. I went to the hospital. I still couldn't get it together. I was out for a little while. The, the brain and the grief, I don't, grief would just like overwhelm me. And um, I wound up, you know, I wound up basically in an eviction process because I was so stressed I couldn't actually figure out how to like like I was saying bills do normal things because I was so taken over with grief and then I wound up in the hospital again there was an incident with my house that um I had to go I didn't go meant for the mental stuff I had to go physical stuff that happened to my house because I wasn't painting things what gives you so when when something like this happened and and this will happen to pretty much everybody at some point in your life there's going to be some major incident that either gives you like a really high high or a really low low um whether mm-hmm. that's grief or like a new job and then you're suddenly in charge. Like, it could be any or a baby that you're excited mm-hmm. for but didn't for it could it could right. be any. so what gives you kind of the um like after the diagnosis of 40 and you've you've had some major you know um grief things some major things happen in your life and somehow as you know we can maybe fall a few feet back but somehow you keep getting up so what's that thing that keeps making you go i gotta beat this i gotta do something differently i have to you know i have to just get up try again i mean i'm just before before everything else happened I'm just tenacious and I'm like mm. I'm not gonna let anything beat me right it's like I got this life and it was given to me for a reason right absolutely so like let's figure this out and you know and yeah I mean I actually did die at one point in time when I came back from that that changed the whole game for me because I was like what did I do that was the most selfish and I'm not saying anybody who's there in that state for me yeah it was the most selfish thing I ever could have done knowing that I have this falling right and I think now I'm finally starting to understand it but I have falling and I'm squandering my life and I need to pick myself back up and you know in, in the beginning of it it's always to prove it was not so much now but to, to somebody else that I could get back up and that nobody could like knock me back down again right so yeah. it was like that but now with all this I have God and it's like and I have this calling and I have the podcast and I have all the dough that I'm like I can do it can do it there, there's yeah. no reason to to die you know I mean because that's for me that's the big thing with the bipolar is like there's a high statistic of people with bipolar that do wind up successfully committing suicide and it's an outrageous percentage of people and it's like I want to cut that number down you know and I want everybody to look at me and go oh my gosh she got through this 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 and this I can get up and clean pajamas I can get up and make a phone call to get a doctor's appointment I can go back to school online if she can do all this and she's just a normal human being just like I am and she's got her ups and downs why can't I do why can't I do these things too because you can you absolutely can and that's really what it is now it's like I don't want to die I want to live my best life ever right now and you know far so good right now but for my absolutely people, my, so far so my, good I like I like that a lot uh, and 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 I like that especially because I'm gonna ask why you chose the word dancing through bipolar <laughs> are you particularly like into dance specifically or what was the, the I would okay so it's kind of a double entendre okay? okay so when I was a kid I was training to be a prima ballerina so I love to dance and if you see the logo I don't care I see it I okay see, yeah so it's a music box dancer right nice but it's all because 
because dance, we do it bipolar, like backwards tango type thing, you know, two steps forward, 12 steps back. Yeah. So it's kind of a double entendre of, of what it really is. And sometimes you dance really beautifully together. You're doing a nice waltz, you know, and then other times it's like, man, you are dancing to, you know, dancing to like some kind of pop song on Sicking, which you probably don't remember record players, but like on Sicking where it's like all this low, but you're like doing the, the real fast dance. And it's yeah. like, so that's kind of what it is. Yeah. But I mean, that's the, that's the logo. And it's just like double horns and the angel halo and the whole thing. And that's, that's polar for me, you know, but now I'm more on the angel side. <laughs> so in terms of, uh, hey, thank God. Um, In terms of, you know, living your best life, um, I know that you're doing the discipleship right now and that's really bringing you a lot of joy. Um, what other kinds of things are you into now that are helping kind of build you up more? Flagstaff is beautiful. So there's like mountains. Um, My other my other room, there's mountains that are just beautiful. So I hike the mountains a lot. Um, I'm reading and not just all like disciple stuff, but I'm reading a lot. I love to sing. So I've been going to worship a lot, right? Oh, nice. So I mean, kind of all things back to the beginning. And I'm actually, I'm teaching Sunday school right now, nice. which I love. I love the kids. So it's like, there's something about being disciple and then discipling others. And I, like I said, I don't want to get into it and like throw it down people's throat because we all have our ways of teaching people. It doesn't have to be in this context, but giving back you, you know, and where I, what I'm part of is part of a mission for Flagstaff. Homeless people are helped and aided. And that's part of my service. Do what I can to help that too. So Absolutely. there's a lot going on. And, and, you know, and the funny thing is with, like with anything that takes you down, helping other people and bringing that up brings you up too. I yes, mean, I, I am, public service is just, is right up there. Absolutely. So I was going to say like, you're, you know, you're, you're doing, you're teaching Sunday school, you're in worship, you're, you know, doing your Flagstaff services and community service. You're hosting the podcast. You're, you know, talking to other people on their podcast. How are you finding yeah. time to do it all? Is it a good, is it, you know, a good overwhelming? <laughs> yeah. Well, because the, the, the amount of school, the score for the discipleship program is like to get in a PhD. So wow. yeah, I've had to learn how to pace myself. And when I first started all this stuff, believe me, I was, I was way overwhelmed, way overwhelmed. But now I've learned to take days away from the house when I can and like go to the mountain, do my, po- I do my podcast outside 99% oh, of the time. That's I do cool. the mountain and I do it up there. Or I do like walk and talk, you know, where it's like, nice. <gasps> <you> know, <laughs> I feel so Ooh, bad for my listeners. I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to, I'm going to listen to it. Yeah. Check it out man you'll love it well maybe you'll love it but it's like it's really rare I, I don't edit it it's real and raw and it's like what is going on at the moment so I mean sometimes it can get um I have to watch my language now that I'm in this program right and sometimes <laughs> it's just like whoops <laughs> you know <laughs> but yeah I mean it's all about it's all about pacing and mindfulness and just staying in the now because if you get too far ahead from now then you're gonna like cook yourself out I mean I'm making it work totally making it work absolutely wow I'm I'm proud of you for all of the work that you are doing for yourself I definitely think that you know when we're able to um, get to a place where we recognize that we do have a lot to live for and to right. you know good for and to be held for in every aspect um, mm-hmm. and when we work towards that I think it's a benefit to the world so now we have you know essentially thousands of people listening to your episodes and thinking to themselves I could you know I do this I can I can live and flourish and actually have a happy stable life um, even though I have this other thing and and, and it then becomes not really a, a disorder it just becomes part of who you are and for not for not a bad thing or a good thing it's just there because you're able to manage it so exactly. um, it's a big deal and that's what I want people to get to to realize that it's just a diagnosis it's just a way that insurance companies bill that's it <laughs> I like that. when you put it like that that sounds cool <laughs> 
right? That's all, that's all it is. Absolutely. So we talked a little bit about the podcast, um, just, you know, as in how you record it. But um, what are some your high level, I mean, not high level, but um, highlights is what I'm looking for, is the word I'm looking for, um, of the podcast so far. Um, any episodes okay. that feature some specific guests that you were really excited about or any particular story that you just told and you thought to yourself, wow, good? Well, I love them all. So I'm going to be like, you know, um, I did a couple of couple years, it's been a couple years back now with a filmmaker named Eric Christensen, who um, is coming out with a film called um, uh, Something Hope. It's slipping my mind. But look for his. He's amazing. I've read stuff from him. He's an incredible writer. I love him. Um, he was great. Um, I did an interview last year with Switch, who's a hip-hop star out of Canada, and he talks a lot about mental illness. I did it last January. I did one. And then my favorite guest of all was myself on January. I was my own guest. <laughs> nice. How did that work? Oh, that sounds fun. It worked out fantastic, actually, because my guest ghosted me, and I was like, I always do for my <laughs> birthday, which is the first. I always have a guest, and I was like, well, how am I going to work this? And I, like, and I was like, surprise guest, and I guessed it on my nice. own show. I think it went excellent. And then um, the show, since I've been in Flagstaff, have really been a lot more upbeat than the ones when I was um, living in Lakeside, where like all, I was having all that mental issue, and Christopher died, and all that stuff, and things were just really bleak. But it shows my listeners, the world as a whole, that you can go through something as devastating as your fiance committing suicide and you really can come out on the other side of it you know and yeah. and you can can live you can live tragedies you can get and you there can, you can even maybe thrive right you can coming you out can of flourish. that absolutely yeah. um yeah. well you know I, I i definitely think it's not easy it doesn't by any means sound like something easy to do like i can't even imagine going through you know that kind of that level of grief and you know still recording a podcast and being able to be you and so i think you know to create something a lot of content these days um the whole thing is about being authentic right and being yourself best right. you can absolutely and i definitely yeah. think that you know dancing with um bipolar is a reflection of you essentially and, and you can initially if you start from the beginning you go on your journey with you i think that yeah i just did my 144th show so we're getting up to 150 oh. i just hit a, a milestone for me on downloads which you know for like joe rogan is no big deal but for me it was a big deal yeah. and um the third year anniversary is coming up on the 17th of april so it's like there's a whole lot of boom 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 stuff going on so it's exciting wow. you know three years i don't know how long you guys have had your show but three years in it's like you know when everybody's like just to get 10 shows down when you first start it right and it's like oh my gosh i never thought i could do that and then when you hit your first thousand listeners it's like i never thought that was going to happen and then when you start hitting into the tens of thousands of downloads it's, wow how did yeah. that happen you know absolutely like, absolutely and <laughs> and when you look at statistics like i think i don't i don't know if, if i'm absolutely accurate on this right now as of day but i think it's like 10 percent of podcasters like keep the podcast going or something like that the like 10 percent is generous like nine out of ten mm-hmm. podcasts will drop off after like first right. after maybe five, five shows six shows or something they just yep. yeah because people don't realize the amount of work that goes into keeping a podcast alive man it is it is not just talking you know you know that there's all the promo there's all the the booking there's all the you know advertising the all the cross cross promotions i mean Absolutely. there's so much goes to it and when you first start a show man you got to be out there pushing it pushing it pushing it just to just to get people to even realize you have a show you know because there's know, so many podcasts there's so many so yeah and then I'm, I'm i'm proud of my baby i mean i really am i'm i never thought it would get to this you know and now i'm like wow you know through all this calamity i went through my show is still thriving and i'm still helping people and i'm still humbled by what i do and that's that's the key thing right there yeah the humility part that that hit me right now um so kind of in some summarize what's the word i'm I'm trying to use big English words. Summization. <laughs> um, 
to, to, to conclude, um, what's, you know, what's your future, right? With Dancing with Bipolar, what's the big things that you are dreaming about? What's the dream that's just, you know, maybe too big now for even you to comprehend, but you know that you're going to get there someday. I want a TED Talk. Oh, nice. That's a big one. That's, that's a good what one. I want. That's my, you know, I've done, I've done like um, podcast global summit and stuff like that. I've done a lot of those, but I want a TED Talk. I really do. So I'm working on that. I'm hoping by October, that's my goal is by October to have something old, even if I don't have the date and where it's going to happen yet. Or TEDx talk is, you know, there's a couple of universities in Arizona that do TEDx. Yeah. Either one. That's my goal. That's what I want. Oh my God. I'm, I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting. I'm absolutely rooting for you. you. I think, you know, your story is um, you. beautiful in its hardship and in its, and it's flourishing, right? I think, you know, you definitely have yep. um, a lot to say that the world needs to hear. And now we couldn't be in a better time for these conversations to be happening, right? I mean, with everyone kind of warming up to the, right. maybe not even warming up, but like getting on board really with, you know, the idea of, of just maintaining exactly. our mental health and mental health being an important part of our well-being. Now, there's not a time as now talking about these things. It so. is now, yeah. And it's like time to bridge that gap between the fear and the understanding. And that's what I really want the show to do is have people not be fearful of it, but be like, oh, okay, this is what it's all about. Ain't no thing, you know, yeah. ain't no thing. Absolutely. Well, Don Shireen, I am super blessed that you were able to talk to us on the podcast today. Um, but before we let you go, are there any kind of, you know, quick calls out, shouts out, um, any things that you want us to know before we break? Um, just check out um, the website, um, dancingwithbipolar.com. You can book there. Um, the shows are embedded on there. Can't otherwise figure out how to find it because some people have issues with like podcast players. They don't quite get it. Mm-hmm. You go to the website, it's all there. Um, I will be interviewing my friend Reese Shell on um, the 12th April. She wrote a book called Crazy Memoir of a Mad Mom. Um, and I'll put it on the same day. So um, I would really like to get her some listens because she's a really awesome, awesome lady. And nice. she went through it as a mom. And I couldn't even imagine having like a breakdown with children. So, um, and other than that, like I said, check out um, my friend Eric Christensen. It's, it's something hope, but I'm feeling like it's totally blanking on me. But if I'm going to Google it right it. now as we're on this song. I'm just going to Google it right now. Eric. I, would, I can't do Chris. Eric Christensen. Yeah. Christensen. I don't know if it's come out yet, but he did a whole bunch of movies. Unmasking Hope. Yes. There we go. Unmasking Hope. I'm going to, I, I want him. It's, it, I've seen previews of it. He's an amazing guy. Cinematography on just what he's done so far. It, it It's just moving. Just the preview itself. So yeah, I'm going to give my friend Eric a huge shout out. And when it premieres, I want everybody, everybody to go and see it and realize that again, tragedy, there is always hope. Absolutely. That's my boy right there. Yeah. Well, so I'll, I give so my much, hey, Eric. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you so much, Dr. Green. <laughs> um, well, guys, just as she's, you know, supporting her friends, we as classmates, we have a responsibility to support her. So definitely check out um, Dancing with Bipolar website. Uh, that's dancingwithbipolar.com. Of course, we're going to have all of the details in the show notes, obviously, because that's how you do podcasting. <laughs> um, but yeah, exactly. check her out on, you know, social media, her website, and just um, Don Charini. Yeah, Insta, yeah, Instagram, Dancing with Bipolar. The easiest way to find me is there for like public room, social media. So my Instagram. Well, Don, thank you very much for your time today and, and keep flourishing and living your best life. You know it. <laughs> now that I have your, now that I have your contact, I'll probably like, if I go come to Arizona, I'll be like, hey, Don, we're here. Where's the best hiking spot? Absolutely. Please. I'll take you up to Mount Eldon. I'll take you to the coolest crystal shop you've ever seen in your life and nice. flag. And um, yeah, I'll take you out for coffee at Wicked Coffee. We'll have some, well, I can't have any coffee, but I can buy. 
about you one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it when the time comes. But thank you so much, Don. Classmates, well, this has been such a thrilling episode. Major, major, major gratitude to Don Tureen for joining us on the podcast today. Please stay asking questions, stay learning about each other and about the world. And we will see you in the very next episode. Bye.